Hello and welcome to the Victory Bell, the podcast. I am your host, Paul Oren, the founder and editor of thevictorybell.com, a website and newsletter dedicated to Valparaiso University Athletics. Thrilled to have you here today. Go to thevictorybell.com if you're not already a subscriber. $5.99 a month or $59.99 for the entire year gets you all the access. It is crossover season right now. Soccer in the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament. That match is actually going on as we speak. Volleyball's got a couple of matches left in the regular season. Football down to a handful of games remaining. And we are right here for the start of basketball season. Men's basketball with their exhibition opener, really their their lone public exhibition game Wednesday night at the Arc. I'm recording this on Thursday afternoon. I have a guest with me in a little bit, Todd Eichau, the voice of Alpo Athletics for our annual Over Under podcast. We recorded that earlier this morning, kind of really went to the game, went to Buffalo Wild Wings, took a nap for a little bit, got in the studio, started crunching the numbers, and here we are with the annual Over Under pod. There's so much going on right now in Valpo Athletics. It's really exciting. It's an exciting time. Really feeling the buzz of Roger Powell here, Roger Powell Jr. here, and uh, and just the start of basketball season is great. And college basketball is what I got into this business for. It's what I love. I'm, I'm really excited to watch the men's basketball team. Really excited to watch the women's basketball team this year as well. I think that group is is going to be a lot of fun and, and looking forward to them. Their opener is in 10 days. They play at Eastern Illinois. Then they've got a little bit of a break, and then they open on the 18th at home. And unfortunately, I'm not going to be at that game because I'm going to be on a crazy trip with Todd Eichau and Brandon Vickery. We're going to go to Illinois on the night of the 17th and then drive through the night to Minneapolis for the final football game of the year against St. Thomas. And that's going to be wild and crazy. And and we may very well document part of that for the podcast, like every hour on the hour might record a little uh, uh, loopiness in the car as we are driving again from Champaign on the night of the 17th all the way up to St. Thomas for that final game. Uh, and, and that'll be that'll be a crazy, crazy experience. So thrilled to have you guys here today. Uh, I want to talk basketball for a second and and. I'm going to write a column. It's going to come out on Monday, kind of looking at the season. I'll share some of my thoughts right here before we get into the interview with Todd on the over-under. And I echo this late in our interview. Last night at the Arc was one of the most exciting nights that I've had at the Arc in my time. And, and, and I say that because there's just such unknown. And for me, the the opponent didn't matter. And I will tell you this without a shadow of a doubt this season, the opponent is never going to matter to me because the only thing that I'm going to be looking for is growth in this team this year. And I don't, and you'll, you'll hear from the over under, right? When we set the win total, like I don't expect a ton of wins this year. That's because this team is put together in such a unique way that it is it is it feels like a multi-year project this team and project is probably a negative sounding word it just feels like this is a group that is designed to grow together and growing takes time you can never shortcut the process and the process really began in june when these guys showed up and now the games are here and it's how they keep score but i you know i this is a roster filled with guys who were added late after most recruiting was done and, and they are fun to be around. I've really enjoyed. I, I haven't gotten to know them all that well yet, 
but I've enjoyed my interactions with them so far. Isaiah Stafford is a lot of fun to watch on the basketball court. Sherman Weatherspoon the fourth, a lot of fun to watch. Jackson Edwards, a lot of fun to watch. Ola Ejiboya, a lot of fun to watch. The Returners, a lot of fun to watch. It's just unique to see this the way it is. I was on. I, I sat on press row last night. Don't get crazy for you longtime Valpo fans. I will be back up in my normal perch high above the Athletics Recreation Center on Monday night when Valpo opens the regular season against Trinity Christian. Uh, with no TV at the game on Wednesday night, I took the opportunity to sit courtside. And I'll be honest with you, uh, while it was fun to kind of be close to everything, I missed a lot. I, I, I'm so used to sitting high atop now, and that's where I'm going to go. I'll be back there on Monday. Swing by, come say hello, you know, during the game or whatever. And uh, and I got to tell you, though, I, I, I spent a lot of time not watching the game but watching Roger. What was his demeanor like? And he was even keel on the sideline. And there were teachable moments at times. And, and very rarely did I see him really get upset. Uh, but there was some teaching going on. It was fun to to watch, and I'm sure that he will evolve as a coach just as these players will evolve, but it was a lot of fun. I truly enjoyed it, and had they won, you know, which they did, great. Had St. Mary of the Woods left all of their starters in down the stretch instead of putting the end of bench guys in with a lead late in the game and had the game gone a different direction, it still would have been fun. I, I don't glean anything from the result of last night's game other than growth. And last night was the first opportunity for this group to play together, and we will see how they go going forward. Not going to take a whole lot from Monday's game against Trinity Christian. And then you've got a bunch of the non-conference games. And and with the exception of Illinois and Virginia Tech, there are a bunch of non-conference games that I think Valpo can do pretty well in. And it's all toward building toward the Valley. And so these over-under numbers that I picked – I explain why I picked each one when I did it. Todd will then weigh in on his thoughts on it. And I'll be the first to tell you in this year, more than any other, it's all just a shot in the dark because I really don't know what to expect. And I think that's the entertainment of the 23-24 basketball season is you really don't have a clue as to what's going to happen. But if you buy into the fact that hopefully these guys are here for a couple years, then this is going to be an enjoyable ride, and I'm thrilled to have a front row seat for a lot of it. I can't wait. So without further ado, here is the annual over-under pod. Took a lot of time picking out these numbers. I still feel like it's a shot in the dark. It's a lot of fun. Longtime listeners know what they're about to get into. New listeners to the program, whether it's coaches or family members of guys on the team or whatever, this is fun. This is designed to be a unique look into, I mean, Todd and I both like to play in the World Series of Poker. We we like looking at numbers. We like crunching numbers. We like giving ourselves a challenge. So here are some numbers that I threw out, Todd's guesses. You guess along at home. You can kind of figure out the over and the under of some of these things. Where do you think the team's going to be? And uh, I'm looking forward to it. So again, without further ado, here's Todd. Enjoy. I'll see you guys next week. I am here with Todd Eichow, the voice of Alparizo Athletics. And Todd, it is the annual Over Under podcast. We do this every year. I'm so excited for this one. It's maybe the hardest one we've ever had to come up with. We'll get into the numbers in a little bit. It's Thursday morning. What did you see at the arc last night? Uh, I, I thought a lot of what we thought we would see, um, in which 
they t- tried to play fast. Um, there were troubles on the glass. There were troubles keeping some guys in front of them. Uh, there were troubles hitting outside shots outside of Isaiah Stafford. And I think we knew all that coming in. Um, so no real surprises. Uh, there were maybe a few surprises on some guys playing maybe a little bit better than we had anticipated. We can talk all about it as we do our the annual over-under. We're going to jump right into it here. We've got uh, – we're going to go through nine guys, I think, of, of over-unders. There are three scholarship players that we are not going to go through. Caspar uh, Sepp is a guy who may work his way into some minutes right now, but he, you know, a late signee. They were all late signees, to be honest with you. But late signee, just probably pretty raw. And and honestly, for me, I just didn't know what number to assign him. And really, I just don't know how many minutes he gets or what he does. Lual Manyang is another guy who uh, suffered an injury during the summer and is working his way back. I just don't know what we're going to see from him this year, if anything at all. And then Lucas Scroggins is a guy that I think we've been told Valpo is very, very high on. Uh, they, they, You know, he is the one that Roger keeps saying, like, NBA body, mm-hmm. but they want to develop that body. I don't think he's going to play this year. I think he's going to redshirt. Sounds like he's going to redshirt. I, I do want to point out, from watching Scroggins in practice, he's really talented. And I don't know if if I was the head coach, if I would redshirt him, but it's not my decision. It sounds like that's the direction that Rodgers is going to go. He didn't play in the exhibition game, so that, that would lead me to believe that he, he is. Not, I think Roger kind of took this exhibition game as if it was a real game to get ready from his standpoint on how to set his rotations and from the player's standpoint to know what their roles are. Uh, and Lucas not playing, I think, was kind of a sign that uh, he will probably redshirt. And Robert Rogers hoping this is kind of the Gonzaga way. Redshirt a lot of freshmen, the ones that you think are really talented and will be uh, successful players in their final few years there and hope to keep them for five years. That's a big challenge. We don't need to get into that now, but that's going to be a big challenge to keep guys for four and five years because he's brought in a very talented class. Without question. And, again, I, I've seen the same with from Lucas. I think he's really, really good. I think the idea, the old-school mentality of thinking college basketball was – would you rather have a really developed player in his fifth year or a raw guy in his first year? I just think it's so rare to see a guy make it five years, but we'll see. Okay, let's jump into it. As we do every year, a couple different things for the fans listening at home. One, uh, we go numerical on the roster, so that's how we're going to do this. And two, you have not seen these numbers at all. No. This is, uh, this is always the way we do it. Uh, I crunch numbers. I, I spend time trying to come up with these things. A lot of the times it's just a shot in the dark. And then here in real time, I'm telling you this for the first time, and then we talk it out a little bit. And uh, and then you guys at home can guess and see what you think is going to happen. John Bowker, I'm sure, will update the numbers throughout the year, as he always does. We appreciate John. 39th year, I think, behind the mic, uh, PA, last night. So let's get into it. Jackson Edwards. Here's a guy who couldn't get off the bench at Murray State, comes to Valpo, looks like he's earned a starting spot. To your point, they kind of played guys last night in the roles we think they're going to have. He has 12 points and eight rebounds in the exhibition. He had less than half that in the secret scrimmage. Look, we both know what happened in that scrimmage. I don't want to get into too much specifics about it. We'll allude to some numbers a little bit, but I think we've kind of both been told what happened, but Mm -hmm. we're not supposed to know what happened. Right. I want to split the difference, right? So he had less than half that in the secret scrimmage. He had 12 points, eight rebounds for a total of 20. I want to split the difference. I want to say, will Jackson average 
over or under 15 and a half points plus rebounds for the season. Well, that's a pretty good number because somebody's going to have to score. Uh, you know, that's the big thing. We know Isaiah Stafford's going to score. I think I said this on the broadcast last night. What is going to be interesting to see who else scores. Uh, you know, even if Isaiah averages 20 points a game, some guys are going to have to put together at least 10 uh in order for Valpo to, to, to score in the 60s or, or to score in the high 50s or wherever they end up uh, this season, uh, if you want to play fast, then maybe you'll average 70 points a game. How are you going to get to 70 points a game is a big question. Thus, I think Jackson Edwards almost has to average 10 points a game. Um, it'll be interesting to see, can he make some jump shots? You know, you look back, it looks like the mid-range shot. He looks pretty comfortable. Yeah. Made a couple shots from the elbow yesterday. Uh he looks comfortable taking the threes, but he was 0 for 4. And although he shot decently in high school, almost every big-time player, numbers are up in high school. You just feel more confident. You get cleaner looks. It is a little shorter, three-point line. Um, so that's going to be a, a key thing. Um, I can't see how he won't average five rebounds a game. Uh, super, super athletic. So... I would think he'll be somewhere around 10 and 5. Let's start off on the positive note and say over 15 for Jackson Edwards. That's a pretty good number. 15 and a half points 15 plus and a half. Wow. per game. So, so he's got to average like 15.6. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to have to right, do I, I, You know me. I got to start off positive. Good, here. good. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Okay, Jerome Palm. Uh, Jerome started at center on Wednesday. And unless, again, there's a mid-year switch where Valpo suddenly ditches the center position like they did last year, he's yeah. going to be the guy. He's going to be the starting center. He's a captain. That's exciting. I know he really wanted, he relished that responsibility. He got that. I was at practice the other day when they named him a captain. The guys went crazy. Great. They're very excited for him. Um, he's going to be in that role all year. Last year, in 13 and a half minutes per game, he averaged four rebounds. Those minutes are going to go up. I'd yeah. imagine he probably averages 21, 22, 23 minutes a game, depending on how they play things out. So I'm also going to bump up rebounds per game, 5.7 rebounds per game. Wow. Um, this all depends on playing time. Yeah. I mean, you know, Jerome is a solid rebounder. Uh, now he gave up a few last night, like where his feet didn't move. To the right spot when the ball hit the rim is, is that's the way I look back at it. Like there was a few rebounds out there that he should have gotten that he did not. Um, you know, in the games where he played big minutes last year, he was gobbling up rebounds. And again, it's the same thing. Uh, you're going to play fast. There's going to be more shots. More shots means more missed shots. Yeah, I mean, uh, offensive rebounds. They had they had nine in the first half. Uh, offensive rebounds. They had zero midway through the second half, right. and then they had a flurry of them, seven of them in like the last six minutes of the game. Right, right. Um, okay, here we go. Being positive again, 5.7. He's going to lead the team in rebounds most likely uh, as long as he plays those 23 to 25 minutes, which it looks like, you know, uh, Man Yang is, is still out, and, we, and Scroggins is going to probably redshirt. Uh, who's going to play center for this team? Uh, Schwieger is, is a talented player, but he's, he's not a five. He's, he's a four for sure. Uh, so if, if Jerome's playing 25 minutes a game, he should average six rebounds a game. So we'll go over. Okay. There we go. Two overs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. again, don't ever uh, accuse me of being negative. <laughs> Connor Barrett. All right. Connor, when he was a freshman came in and he was, he earned, you know, he played in that weird year, right? That 2021 20, year where like, 
there were no fans. There was nothing going. You know, it was like you played two home games back to back or two road games back to back. All that, right? Connor came in, earned a starting role as a freshman in a in a very strange year, and he made one point seven three pointers per game. Yeah, he hasn't been close to sniffing that in the last two years. Uh, he's averaged zero point eight the last two years, made three pointers per game. The buzz out of the summer workouts we heard was that he was back to form, shooting really well, looking locked good. In. Locked in, I think, was yeah. the the term. Uh, and then he got hurt. Uh, his foot was in a boot for a couple of weeks. Uh, he was in and out of practice. Last night, he he didn't play. I mean, you know, he, he didn't play at hardly at all. And that was like, okay, is he hurt? Are they holding him out? And then with 12 minutes to go in the second half, they put him in for a 90-second stretch. He got back down into the paint or whatever. I think he... He, I don't know if he motioned to the bench or the bench motioned to him or whatever, but he, he came out. Yeah. I talked to Roger. I didn't I didn't ask Roger about it in the press conference because I, I just didn't – I, it slipped my mind. And then I, I cornered Roger in the hallway. I just said, what's going on? And he kind of said, look, he's working his way back. It was an exhibition game. He gave a diplomatic answer. Mm. Uh, so we don't really know his role right now. Like, again, we heard he was locked in and all of that. No, I, I actually thought if you would have asked me about six weeks ago at this time, I would have thought that Connor would start – for this team, but uh, he, he barely has practiced since. And honestly, this has been an issue throughout his career. Um, he has really not had a season, although last year he played almost every game, uh, but he, he'd missed kind of the, about the same time where he'd missed a lot of training camp with an injury where it's hard to depend on him. He could be a very important part for this, this team. Because it's clear right now, outside of Isaiah Stafford, you don't have anybody you feel confident when they take a three that's going to go in. Let's be honest. The rest of the team was, what, 2 of 14 yesterday from beyond the arc? Um, I know Darius allegedly made three threes in the, in the, in in the, the secret, secret scrimmage. scrimmage, right? But are, are we going to depend on Darius to make three threes? I think that's fool's gold. And no well, offense, I think, I think Dar- Valley defenders are gonna sure are gonna settle on Darius taking sure. threes. Uh, well, so let's, let's set the number on Connor. Okay, uh, I'm not. I don't think he's gonna get back to that freshman year production. But can he come in and and knock down a three pointer in a reserve role? Because that might be what he's at. Yeah. I'm gonna go a little bit less than one. I'm gonna go 0.9 made three okay. pointers per game. That's fair. And this is games played or total games. That's an important thing. This is 0.9 made three-pointers per, per game. game. That would be his average. So, so if he misses be, 10 games, yeah. so it again, doesn't count it, against him. Like, is he a guy that, hey, look, uh, okay. you're, you're, That's a good number. we're not going to play you, you know, or, or whatever, but, like, late in a game, we're going to need a three. Let's put a sharpshooter in there and uh, and throw him in there. You know, I, I don't really know what Roger's style is going to be with this, but, again, can he come in and make just under a three-pointer per game? Okay, I'll go over. Okay. There you go. All right. All right. We are. If you had said, like, would he make 33 pointers a year this year, I would probably say no. But but point nine per game, I got to go. Yes. And that's what that's what we've done the last couple of years of Connor was been the total three pointers yeah. per game. And and you get burned by that a little bit again. And now uh, he could blow this away. He right. Could. I mean, he, he if could. He, if he's suddenly in the rotation, if he's playing 20 minutes a game, he easily could make two three pointers a game, which yeah. would be huge for this team. They need it. This 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 is a number that when I look back at all the ones that I've set, this one could just be obliterated, yeah. or he might not sniff it. I guess right. we'll see. All right, a guy that is really fun to watch is Sherman Weatherspoon the fourth. Here's a guy that uh, I mean, you watch him last night. He can get to the basket and finish, right? Yeah. He can just slash into the he, basket. He, he definitely 
looks like he perhaps of the freshmen is one of the most ready to play. He 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 plays the way he spaces the floor, understands the game, um, defends. He plays beyond what a normal freshman would look like. Now, a lot of freshman guards come in and they struggle. Uh, it looks like he's ready to play. He also is ready to shoot a lot of three-pointers. Yeah. He likes doing that. Uh, and they didn't go in. He shot one of six, I think, last right. night. Allegedly missed a handful of them against Milwaukee. Um, he, uh, you know, when I was looking at this, putting together the over-unders and looking at this team really in general for the last couple of weeks, I, I keep going back to the 13-14 team because that was the year of all these new young players and Correct. stuff like that. So I'm start, starting to, like, equate who could be who on that. And Jordan Coleman was a player that kind of came in my mind a little bit as a guy who was coming off the bench, maybe first guard off the bench, was going to, uh, you know, and and would that be Sherman? Now, obviously, Jordan was a senior on that team. Sherman's a freshman here. But I was kind of struck by Jordan's season that year in 13-14. Inside the arc, he shot almost 50%, but he liked to take threes, and he was 24% from the okay. three-point line. Sherman, I think, might be in this. Jordan Coleman shot 41.6% from the floor, that's the number I'm going with Sherman. Will he shoot mm. over or under 41.6% from the floor? Wow, that's that, another really good number. I, you know, I've been keep going over, but I'm thinking they're all going to be really close. I think so far, for like, from my standpoint, I think you've hit a lot of numbers pretty good here. Um, 41.6. If, if he is a not, driver to the basket. Yeah. He's gonna shoot over that, but if he yeah, takes a lot of threes, in transition, yeah. if he takes a lot of threes, that number is gonna naturally go down. And I think, I think as the season goes on, though, if he is struggling from three, they'll say, "Hey, it's got to be open. It's got to be a good shot. It's got to be in the flow." I think he took. I think both Sherman and Jackson Edwards took a few quick ones, five seconds into the possession. I know they want to play fast, but I think my point was. Uh, it's okay to play fast and take quick shots, but they've got to be the right shots. If not, there's nothing wrong with settling the ball back outside and reloading the offense. And I think that's something you've got to find that happy medium. Yeah, let's play fast, but let's take the right shots. A Stafford three in transition, it, it, no problem. But everybody else on the team taking those threes in transition on the one touch where maybe you want to attack the basket, uh, I don't think that's the way to go. Valpo had a three-on-two and ended up with a, a Jackson Edwards three in the second half. And I, I was thinking, right, we got a three-on-two here. Jackson's so explosive going to the basket. Why is he fanning out? And that's something they'll watch film at and go, fill the lane, yeah, and let's try yeah. to get a layup out of that. And I, I think I think Sherm's going to end up with a lot of layups in this season. Uh, and I think he'll shoot, make just enough threes. That will go over the 41.6. Okay. All right. We are okay. four for four and overs. Yeah. This is fantastic. Um, okay. I'm I trying go... to find an under. <laughs> All right. Well, we, we might have one here because I get ambitious on this next one. Uh, Ola. Uh, Ajaboya? Is that how you Aj say? Ajaboya. Yeah. Ajaboya. Okay. Uh, he's kind of fun to watch. It's yeah. it's clear when he's on the court that he's going to run around and he's going to body into people and, and all of that. He's going to make hustle plays. Yeah. At Central Michigan, he made hustle plays. He started 14 games, averaged just under 20 minutes per game, which you might see those minutes around here, maybe 16, 17 minutes a game. Hard, hard to tell, to be honest yeah. with you. Because the way he played in the first half, you'd say, well, this kid should be playing 28 minutes a game. Then the way he played in the second half, you should, well, maybe he should be playing eight minutes a game. Yeah. You know, so it's hard to tell. 
at Central Michigan last year, he had 25 blocks and 20 steals Okay, in 30 games. So he averaged one and a half blocks and steals per game. Okay. That's the number. I'm going to go under. There you go. Okay, found you found an under. under. Yeah. I found an under. There it is. I think one thing that's going to happen as the year goes on, some of the younger kids will play more. Like Cooper could be a 30-minute-a-game guy. I don't know what you've got for him, but that's something that, that's going on in my mind, like a 30-minute-a-game guy. And maybe Jackson's like a 25-minute-a-game guy. And then if you find time for Connor Barrett maybe playing the three, suddenly that those front-court minutes kind of shrink. Uh, Ola played fantastic in the first half. I, I thought, boy, oh, boy, if this kid can play like this all season, we've got somebody. I, I don't know if that's the case. I mean, sometimes – and, again, they're playing against an NAIA team. The team yeah. had talent, but as the schedule grows on, especially when you get in the Valley, the schedule is going to get more and more difficult. I don't, I don't know how many 7.6 rebound halves we're going to see for Ola this season. It was great to see, and we could hope. But we'll wait and see. Well, and that was one of the reasons why I thought to myself, I'm not going to do points or rebounds or anything with him. Yeah. It's a, If he comes in, you know, he's going to get his hand on the ball. He's going to be a force. In, I, I don't know, a force inside, but he's going to attempt to be a force inside. And yeah. and so I thought the block steals thing was will be interesting to monitor that one as we go. Right. All right. Darius. Okay. Uh, comes in as a freshman a couple of years ago with a, a couple other point guards. Uh, gets a little bit of minutes here and there. Last year, you know, back up to Nick Edwards, more or less. Um, on his career so far, he's averaged an assist every 7.2 minutes of play. Okay. Every seven minutes he's on the court, he's got an assist, and that's two years as a reserve point guard. He's a starter now. His, he's also a captain. His minutes are bound to go up. Okay. So if he plays starters minutes, obviously the amount of assists are going to go up. If we take the amount of minutes that the starting point guard last year played, Nick Edwards, and we equate that to Darius and put it at the current rate of every 7.2 minutes of play. Oh, Paul really crunching the numbers here. Of course. Yeah. We are going to we settle on a number of 120.5 assists for the season. Yeah. For some reference, in two years of time playing reserve minutes, so really one year of starters minutes, sure. Darius has 117 career assists. Yeah. This is where I will point to that secret scrimmage. He had double-digit assists yeah. in that secret scrimmage. And he had scrimmage. eight assists last night. So uh, that's 20 in two games, averaging sure. 10 a game. I don't think that's going to continue. No. But Nick Edwards had 160 last year. He was an assist machine. Two years ago, Valpo's leading assist guy had like 55. Uh, it was just a different kind of style. Can Darius? I almost, I almost went way under. I was almost at ninety nine point five. Going to set it there, but I, I started really crunching the numbers. As you said, one hundred and twenty point five assists on the year. Yeah, and a lot will depend on how the rotation works out. You know, honestly, the best basketball Valpo played last night was the final seven minutes of the first half. Uh, at least offensively, I thought when Darius was on the bench, but. Um, right now, Darius is the starting point guard, and he's going to get a lot of minutes. Um, wow, 120. I'm going to go slightly under. I think it's a good number. If you had said the 99 and a half, I would have said over for yeah, sure. Yeah, I, so I, uh, that's a lot. Um, and again, it, it's really hard to see where this rotation is going to be. And the other thing is, uh, I talked to somebody about this last night. Darius has had 20 assists here in these two games. 
but both games have gone up and down the court. Both teams have pressured the ball. Uh, not that many teams in the Valley played Darius that way. Like Drake did last year. In fact, I look at how Drake has played Valpo compared to like how Bradley has played Valpo. Drake, it plays that pressure kind of in your face, man to man defense. Valpo's able to get some ball screens and get downhill. And Valpo's played Drake almost better than anybody in the league yeah. over the last three or four years. I think Drake's style and Tucker DeVries, uh, actually, Darren DeVries, is not going to go against the way they play. That's how he plays. And Valpo's had some pretty good success offensively against Drake. And that kind of fits how Darius plays. He wants the pressure on him. He wants to be able to use that ball screen. And we saw him get the – he missed a couple layups last night that he can finish. Um, But when you get to the Valley, a lot of teams don't play that in-your-face style defense uh, against Darius. They might against other guys, but not put that same pressure on him and kind of sag off a little bit. And then it becomes harder for him to create. And maybe that's why I'm thinking that when you get to Valley play – for Darius to have like four assists per game in conference, going to be difficult. I almost threw this one out the window, and we almost went with made three pointers in Valley play okay. because, but and I just couldn't settle on a number. Yeah. He's got seven made three pointers in the first two years of his career. Uh, you know, I, I I didn't even think about it long enough to crunch. He's going to make more than seven three pointers this year. I would think so. Okay. All right, let's go to the other point guard, the freshman point guard, Jahari Williamson. Um, you know, d- didn't play a lot last night when he came in. Two pretty glaring mistakes right off the bat. Um, you know, threw a long pass up ahead, outlet pass up ahead, overshot his guy, turned into a turnover. Uh, St. Mary's goes the other. St. Mary goes the other way. Jahari sags all the way back. The guy says, okay, I'm going to take a pull-up three-pointer. Jahari runs at him, launches his body, ends up fouling the three-point shooter while yeah. it's happening. And mm-hmm. it just, in that moment, it was like, wow, that's a uh, that's a freshman, right? Sure. But. Everything we've heard about this guy is he's uber talented and he's going to grow over time. He'll have the ball in his hands when he's on the floor. He's talented freshman, but he's still a freshman. One and a half assists to, per turnover. Is that one and a half assists per turnover? Yeah. Okay. Is that that, that that's I'm, a good number? This was the last one I came up with. It was a hard. It was just like what are we, what are we going to put on this guy? Because he might only play a couple minutes here and there. Sure. But I ex- I expect you know five minutes in November are going to be nine minutes in December, might be 12 sure. minutes in January. And I think Roger actually really likes Jahari, and uh, he knows that he needs him to be a valuable asset for this team. Um, I think Stafford's best playing the two. He's your best player. In order for him to play the two almost all his minutes, Jahari's got to play some minutes at the one. And there, I think as the year goes on, he's going to get better and better. He is very talented. Um, most point guards average well over one and a half assists per turnover. Now, he's kind of a, a scoring type point. Uh, Darius is clearly the pass first type point guard. Jahari will look to score more, I think, when he's out there. Uh, so maybe less opportunities. And he's a freshman. And it looks like still adjusting to the speed of college basketball through like the first two quote unquote games they've had. Um, but I'll go slightly over on that number. Okay. Okay. Uh, we got two more 
players here, and then we'll get into some team superlative uh, okay. categories. Cooper Schweiger. Is yeah. that how you say it? Schweiger? Yeah, Schweiger. What a nice player he is. He's fun. I really like him. I, li- I enjoy I mean, talking to he him. He does a lot of good things out on the basketball court. Positive plays with help, which help you win. I, I know you'll appreciate this. His father is great. Really came through with a good Kansas City barbecue recommendation for me. So okay. uh, just just seems like a good dude. Right? Are you going to Kansas City? No, I was in Kansas City oh, this okay. summer. I never even yeah. met his father, and his father messaged me. He said, you're in Kansas City. This is the barbecue you got to go to. It was Can fantastic. Can you tell, tell me which one it was? Oh, I don't remember. Was it Jack Stack? I think it was. I think okay. it was. It was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, that's, okay. that's the go-to for the, K, for the KC places. There's, the, there's kind of the... Um, I don't want to call them dives, but like Gates's barbecue. Yeah, yeah I've done Gates's before. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, so Cooper. Multiple times when talking to Roger, both publicly and privately about Cooper, okay. he mentions two players, Alec Peters and Drew Timmy. Yeah, he probably shouldn't do that. He probably but... shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's not put any pressure on the kid or anything. It, it... But I love Roger for for the way he, he he's always – you talk about a guy who's positive, a hundred percent of the day. It's 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 about stuff like that, and I give him credit for that. I mean, we're trying to restart, rebuild the program here, and uh, again, let's put the pressures on the kids. Uh, look, he I I did not think Cooper was going to start last night, nor did I think you know. And again, if if last night was a a uh, a reference to what the season's going to look like. Mm-hmm. I didn't think Cooper. I thought Ola was going to start, and the reason I thought that was I thought Roger probably didn't want to give a starting spot to a freshman. Mm-hmm. I think Cooper's earned it from sure. everything I've For heard. Sure. Right? For like, sure. and 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 the other thing is, Paul, you need to score points, and he's probably going to be your second option. So he's got to be in the lineup. You you don't want to start the game off with just one guy as being our true scoring option. So Alec Peters as a freshman, and okay. I, I I got so burned at this before of even yeah. referencing a fr- sure. could this be the next Alec Peters? So I'm not saying that, but Alec as a freshman on that 13-14 team averaged 12.7 points a game. He okay. was a starter. Drew Timmy started a couple of games, but really was the first guy off the bench. His freshman year averaged 9.8. Okay. So let's split the difference there. Oh, I like that. 11.25 points a game. I think it's, this one has to be over. It just has to be. I think he'll play starter minutes. Um, he's he's your second most talented scoring option. Um, again, they're going to play fast. A lot of opportunities. Uh, he can score inside. He can score outside. Uh, I'd be surprised if this one is not an over. Of all the ones that I'd say over, I feel confident with, this would probably be the top of the list. What's a number that would make you uh... probably twelve? When you were said Alec Peters averaged twelve point seven, I started thinking that's about where he'll be. Okay, so eleven point two five is where we're at. So, I it may be over under. I mean, that's a big number for a freshman. Let's go to Isaiah Stafford. Okay, number nineteen, and the last one that we're going to look at here, because again, Caspar, Luol, Lucas, these are guys that that are either not going to play at all or get very minimal playing time or. We just haven't seen enough yet to come up with a number for these guys. This so, has to be the first 19 in this, Yeah, the history. first 19 yes. ever. Uh, Isaiah told me, I think this was... Um, He's a fan of Jonathan Taves. <laughs> Where are we going with this? I think this was like his mom's number okay. at some point. Because um, I was going to say, he he uh, he grew up in Chicago, well, Bolingbroke in the Chicago area. So I was thinking, 19, maybe this guy was... A, 
right in the middle of the Hawks' big run is when he was going through childhood. Maybe he was a Jonathan Taves fan. That's all I could figure when seeing that he wanted to wear number 19, but okay. For a story later on at thevictorybell.com, I ask all of these players why they chose the jersey number they did. Okay. Um, a couple of the older guys told me that they changed their number just so they could keep all of their old jerseys. Okay. Apparently, if you change your number, you get all your old okay, jerseys. Great scam. So Good Dr- guy, guys. Jerome yeah. said, look, my family's so proud of me for making it to this point. I want to keep all my old jerseys, send them home. I think Connor was like, I want to go as myself for Halloween or something like that. <laughs> who knows? Um, Luol was the one who, who looked at me, big grin on his face, and said, it's a secret. I'll okay. tell you later. Okay. And so I was okay. So he just. I like the Connor wanting to go as himself. For he, did, he didn't say that. That he is an that. original. <laughs> that is an that is an that's an original outfit. He didn't. He didn't There's say that. There's not many people but... going as Connor Barrett <laughs> out at Halloween. It's great. Um, no, it's good. He did not say that to me. I just I that would be a Connor thing to do, okay. which I would love. That, that, I, lo- I love Connor. All right. Isaiah Stafford. Uh, God, he's good. Uh, he, he looks like he's going to be Valpo's leading scorer. Um, you know, he's been a winner wherever he's gone. He is a guy that they brought to St. Louis for media day, which obviously is, is Roger saying, not only do we think you're good, we expect you to be good. Correct. I went back through the last 10 years of leading scores for Valpo ranging from Alec Peters, 23 points as a senior to a couple of years later when Derek Smith's 12.2 was the leading okay. scoring. Um, like I've been doing a lot, let's just okay. split it right down the middle. Okay. If you look right, at, you were looking at a rough average of 16 and a half points per game for Valpo's leading scorer over the last 10 years. So I'm going to set it at that. Did yeah. Stafford top that? I think he has to if this team is going to, you know. But This goes back to where are the points going to come by if it's not from Isaiah Stafford. Um, I think we got to go over here. I know we're leaning towards the overs, but I, I think we've got to go over. Uh, I'd be surprised if he's not right around 18 or so. It's a big number. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, again, they're going to play fast, more opportunities, uh, more quick shots, more points. Where are they going to come by? I think it's going to be uh, Isaiah Stafford. He scored 26 in the exhibition, yeah. and that was the least amount of points he scored in the two games that they've played right, secret right, scrimmage. Right, right. He played, yeah. scored more against against the secret scrimmage team. Um, okay. A lot of overs. Uh, this was hard. This was really, really hard mm-hmm. to kind of figure out. We have so little data to go off of with these guys. Um, I want to look at a couple teams superlatives here. Uh, and the one that we talked about this last night, field goals attempted. Okay. Last year. And I know that I'm not, it's so hard to not, not compare to last year, but sure. also it's not last year anymore. Valpo averaged 57.8 shots per game last year. Okay. Going back to that 13-14 year that I've kind of looked at a lot, different style of play, different head coach, all of that, Valpo was down to 51.1 shots per wow. game. Wow. Now that is that is really prodding basketball. Wow, prodding basketball. I'm shocked that, that that year they averaged only 51.5 field goal attempts per game. That's a very low number. In the secret scrimmage and Wednesday's exhibition, both of those were over 70. Wow, which is a huge number. Valpo last year, one time against Murray State in the regular season finale, had hit, hit 70. Okay. There were certainly more games under 50. So, Roger Powell wants to play with pace. 60 and a half shots per game. Yeah. Um, it's hard to do in the Valley. 
against most schools. It's going to be really hard to against, the against like Southern Illinois, against Bradley. Uh, those teams make it really difficult to get off 60 shots in a game. Uh, number one, they clean up on the defensive glass. You get a lot of extra shots with offensive rebounding. Uh, Valpo had 16 offensive rebounds in the game on Wednesday. Uh, that that number may not be duplicated the rest of the season. I'd be surprised if they hit that many the rest of the season. Uh, we'll go slightly under, but that's that's really a big number. I'm going to go slightly under, especially when you get into Valley play. They may be over in the non-conference. In fact, they'll probably be over the 16.5 in the non-conference. But when you get into Valley play, uh, I can think of three or four teams that you just can't get off 60 shots by their style of play. Players on the all-newcomer team. Okay. 0.5. So we need one. You need one in a league with a fair amount of turnover this year. There's only 82 returning players that saw minutes in the league as an average of you know, I don't know, a couple couple per team. Right. Um, you know, Northern Iowa brings back four starters. Uh, everybody brings back at least two, except for Valpo brings back none. Yeah. Um, hmm. But, you know, Southern Illinois is going to have a, a, a brand new look. Illinois State is going to have a couple new guys. Indiana State's got a player that, that everyone's really high on. Yes. Um, so, well, was- 12 teams. Yeah. Five spots on the all newcomer team, and really, we're looking at Isaiah Stafford here. Uh, will he? It's basically will Isaiah Stafford be on the all newcomer team? Yeah, that's that's all we're asking really right now. And uh, since I've already said I think he's going to average about eighteen points a game, it would be almost impossible to keep a guy off the all newcomer team who averages eighteen points a game. So I've got to say over the point five. Yeah. Um, all right, players on all league teams, first, second, or third. This is uh, this is all combined. So fifteen guys. Yeah. Um, 0.5. Yeah, it's the same thing. Will Isaiah Stafford be on, like, the second or third team? That's that's all we're asking. Yeah. And right remember, now. Cricky was a first-team player last year. Kobe King, who had really good numbers, yeah. was not – I don't think was on any of the teams, right? Cricky, Cricky led the league in scoring. Yes, but and, – and, and, and efficiency-wise was the, the best player in the Valley last year. But what I'm pointing to is that Kobe King, as good as his – as right. he was, Did not get on the, didn't get on it. So, yeah. um, there's just so many teams. My yeah. goodness, there are a lot of very good players in this league. I, you know, we both vote on the all conference team and we had to settle on 10, of which they named like 17. Yeah, it made no sense. Uh, <laughs> um, uh wow. I'll say that Stafford will find his way onto the third team. Okay. Percent, maybe even the second team. It all comes down to Willie Average. The 18 points a game. I'm already out, out on a limb saying he's going to average 18 points a game. So if he's going to average 18 points a game, he'll find his way on the third team. Now we get into some of the touchy ones. we got okay. three left here. Uh, Valley Road Victories. Ooh, tough. In Valpo's last tough. three full seasons of play, we take out that 2021, the team has had two Road Valley wins each year. Okay. You have to go back to the 18-19 season when they had three. They went okay. three and six on the road. So there's more. There's one more road game this year. There was last year as well. So you get right. you get ten road games over under one and a half. Ooh, wow! Valley Road. I was victories. I was already to, I was I was already to say under, 
And then you threw the one and a half in there. Yeah, I'm not going two I, and I, a half. I thought you would say, yeah, maybe two and a half, right? One and a half. I, I'll, I'll, wow. Because <laughs> I think it, it will be really hard. It's already very hard to win games in the Valley on the road. Um, I just don't have, like, any unders here. I, I've got to say under eventually. Uh, I'll say under, but I hope, obviously, I'm, I'm significantly well, look, wrong. We, look, we both want this team to have success sure. this year, sure. right? There's, I, don't think, uh, I, I don't think there's anybody that's – I mean, we do what we do. People know that. Um, uh, I, I, uh, I kind of fear – Like, the top seven teams in the Valley – are experienced, uh, are talented, so much more experienced, so much more coming back. It's going to be tough. So now we're down to, like, four teams. Can you win two out of the four at Southern Illinois, at UIC, at uh, Evansville, at Illinois State? Can you win two out of those four? And, and that's going to be hard. And they, that, that team, I mean, overall, you had Ben Cricky last year. And you he won may two. have been the best. He may have been the best player in the league, and he won two road games. Yeah, so and a couple, you know, game at Missouri State. That game you had oh, one. There were there were game plenty. UIC, there were plenty one. of opportunities. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Finish in the valley. Okay. Valpo was picked last. Yes. There's an idea out there that the probably the bottom three are Southern Illinois, Evansville, and Valpo. Southern Illinois because. Lance Jones and Marcus Damask are gone. They went to Big Ten schools. Um, Evansville is in year two of their rebuild. Yeah. Um, Peter Funk is there, a former Valpo yeah. guy. Uh, can Valpo edge those other two teams out? Both. Does Illinois State stay down this year over under 10.5 finish? So if they finished 11th, they're picked 12th. If they finished 11th. You would still be under. It would be under, yeah. And I never really know when we say the finish. I never really know what over or under me. Do you, will they finish? You know, first I've got to look tenth? deep down into my head instead of deep down into my heart when you <laughs> ask this question. I know, exactly. uh, but they were picked twelfth for a reason, and we can only hope we're wrong on this. Um, but I'll have to say under. So they'll finish eleventh or twelfth. Hopefully, we're wrong. Yeah. 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 Okay. Total wins. Okay. You are notoriously yeah automatically over optimistic. All right, over. <laughs> what, what's the number? I set it I'm, at ten and a half. Wow. I set it at ten and a yeah. half. There you know, are a non-conference schedule. Honestly, let's be honest. The it's, non-conference it's schedule hard. is the weakest it's yeah. been, according to the net, in a long, long time. Yeah. But I want to be clear about this, and I will write about this in a column on Monday, right? Like, I don't think wins and losses matter this year. I'm a Green Bay Packers fan, and I've been living this life for two months already. Well, you don't get an earlier draft pick if you lose in the, in, don't, in, in the Missouri Valley Conference. Don't so. apply rational thought here, Todd. Um, I, I just don't think – but but what you do get is retention, right? Sure. And And you've got to – you got to build through these learning and growth experiences, right? And so if you win or you lose or whatever, it, like you've got to grow. That's what matters more than anything else. And so, yes, you don't get a fancy draft pick in the Valley, but if you get all your guys to come back, then you've had a year full of experiences, right? So yeah. I will Plus, say my this. picks don't matter anyway. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm trying to be as 
honest as possible and thinking as rationally as possible. Uh, and I know it, that Roger probably will end up listening, and no matter what I say, I'm going to get a little bit of wrath, and that's okay, well, but I'm know, trying to yeah. be as honest as possible. Look, yeah. we, I, I've, I've joked with Roger uh, about my fear of getting the Deion Sanders, do you not believe, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Uh, I set it at 10.5, and, and I did it kind of a shot in the dark setting at 10.5. I think if I really sat down and looked at this game, that game, this game, that game, I could probably get to 12.5. Sure. But ten and a half is a number that I set. Right. This is all depends on how they do in the non-conference. Because I've already said winning in the Valley this year is going to be very hard with, with such a freshman dominant team. Um, if you go 5 and 15 or 4 and 16 in the four Valley. 4 and 16 in the Valley. Then you've got to win seven non-conference games. And there are probably there seven are, wins there, out there. there, there there's, there's a plenty of games in the non-conference that are very, very, very winnable. So you'd have to get to 11, which is all they won last year. But they lost like eight games at the buzzer, which is unheard of. It defies all the math uh, that you ever could imagine. Um, I think that I, I honestly been thinking going through the schedule to win about 10 games. So let's try to be as honest as humanly possible and say uh, under 10 and a half. Okay. We found some unders. We did. And, of course, they're on the categories, which is going to tick everybody off. <laughs> Look. But let's hope we're wrong. We've we've been doing this for a long time, and I think both you and I have a track record of, uh, of probably being optimistic at times, sure. pessimistic at others. And that's kind of the beauty of, of what lies before us. People keep asking me what I think is going to happen this year, and I don't have a damn clue. And that's what I think is going to make this great. Todd, I was as excited as I've been in a long time to be at the Ark last night because yeah. I truly did not know what was going to happen. I, I had a I had a, a absolute blast broadcasting the game last night, uh, just watching. There were times that were frustrating, but we knew there were going to be times that are frustrating this year. But there were three or four guys that we don't know what we we're going to get that that showed like, hey, maybe there'll be a little better than we had thought, uh, and I. I've had conversations with Roger, and he is so positive. And he's like, he's "Oh, don't." Be. He's, he's like, "Yeah, be. don't, don't think this, don't think that. Wait till you see. Wait till you see. Wait till you see." And, and again, I like what I saw. But let's be honest: for 35 minutes last night, this was an even game against an NAIA program, a team which would finish last in the in in the valley, and we can't ignore that fact. Um, yes, it's very early, and yes, the team's going to get better as the year goes on. So let's not ignore what took place last night on the scoreboard. We saw certain things we liked, certain pieces we liked, but you can't ignore how, what the scoreboard showed us with five minutes left in the game when St. Mary's basically emptied the bench and then Valpo pulled away. Todd, this is great as always. We'll have you back here uh, right before the start of conference play to kind of – you know, go through the roster a little bit and see Love what it. we see at that point and, uh, and what in our thoughts on the non-conference. So thank you so much. Always a pleasure.